you, Harmony. Hey, hey, hey. Are we awake in the house? Far out, I'm already like, almost started crying three times already. Like just getting in and, and all these amazing stories and hearing about what God's doing. And I'm just like, shucks, he's alive. He's still working and he's doing stuff. All right, far no fib. I'm just going to share a little blurb on my family. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I come from a family with 10 kids. Um, I'm aware that someone in this house has 11. God bless you and your parents. Um, and I am number three. I have five sisters and four brothers. There's some of us there. I think there's about two missing. There they are. Um, and that's, uh, what, a couple of uncles and that. But there they are. There's my gorgeous family. And um, my parents are now 52-year-old parents, <laughs> grandparents, uh, to 13 grandchildren already. And counting, no, I am not pregnant. Just putting that out there. Anyway, I'd love to just impart some of the many lessons I've learned personally from growing up in such a big family. Because in reality, it's like our own community. You know, our whānau is our community. And um, so there's some pretty cool things in there that I've learned um, over the 27 years I've been alive. And they still help me even today. Even though they're in Sydney, their love is always around, you know? Okay, so here is my three top lessons that I've learned, and I'm sure there's many more. I was actually going to have ten, and I'm like, uh, maybe not, and then I cut it down to five, and I'm like, no, let's do three. Number one, never say never. Never say never. That's what my mum used to say to us all the time, and um, my mum's a big believer in Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, For I know the plans are here for you, declare the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And the reason why she wanted to say that to us a lot um, was because she wanted, to, wanted us to look to the future with hope and always trust in God's plans over our own and to have faith as a family and individually. Um, and judging by the sheer size of my family, you'd think, I'd come from a couple that desired a whole lot of children when, in fact, they didn't. Uh, my mum, she said to herself when she was a very young girl after accidentally pricking a baby with a pin, do you remember those nappies, cloth nappies, and you just accidentally, she was so young, um, and that experience made her say, nah, I'm never going to be a mum. I'm never going to be a parent. This is too much for me. Children don't like me. And then she wanted her to say, never. I don't want anything to do with that. And um, surprisingly, now here we are, obviously with 10 children, um, has the heart of Mother Teresa, strongly suggests to send our babies over to her so that she can look after them. And this year, she enrolled to be an early childhood care teacher. So I'm just like, okay, never say never, fam. You never know what God's got around the corner for you. And um, I just want to encourage you, don't let your fears or your stuff-ups from the past stop you from experience your greatest gifting. You have no, she had no idea that she was a mother inwardly. She didn't think she was. But here she is with 10 children, and we all love the Lord, and we just love being, oh, thankfully, if I'm half the mum she is, I'll be good, you know? Yeah, just lean into the promises of God. 
And um, he's got such awesome tailor-made plans just for you. Okay, the second one. This one, this one might, you might have heard this in your own household. If you're not fast, you're last. Now, this was something that was said a lot. Because if you're not fast and you're not at the table when mum says dinner's ready, you miss out. Sorry, like you were warned, you know. And, and uh, another way of saying it is if you snooze, you lose. Yeah, so that was mostly said to the person who missed out after a second helping or wanted ice cream at the end. Uh, or just about anything. But here's, here's what I want to say to you about that. If God warns you about something, whether it be prophetic, a practical instruction, what not to do, what to do, and you don't stop what you're doing and tend to it, someone else is going to. And guess who gets the blessing? It won't be you, unless you, you're, unless you, you get up, get to the call, and just listen, or else we miss out. So this is one of the things that growing up, and I just, just hashtag it, obedience. Obedience is a scary word. Obey, you know? You obey. No. Um, but in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. What I want to say about that is the doing needs to get behind the obeying. We need to obey before we do. Sometimes we just act out because we think it's the right thing to do. But if we just listen, and there's, there's a story that um, my daughter, I don't know if some of you saw it on Facebook, but my daughter um, said to me, because we've got two water bottles from New World. Did anyone else get those cool ass bottles from New World? <laughs> anyway, she says to me, Mum, um, you need to put your name on the bottle. And I said, no, 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 your name's on your bottle so I can tell the difference now. And she's just like, well, um, God told me that you need to put your name on the bottle. And I was just like, well, he didn't tell me that. And she goes, well, if you stopped and listened, you would have heard it. <laughs> this is, whose child is this, right? Like, and I'm sitting there, this is at breakfast time, so I'm just like, all right, okay. Later on, I found out, later on in the day, there was another woman with the same bottle as me, and I couldn't really tell if I bought that bottle next to hers, I wouldn't know which one was mine. So I'm just like, you know, tadangas. <laughs> but can I just tell you the upsides to obedience? Because there's an upside, you know, to, to laying yourself down and doing what, you know, when your parents say, hey, I need you to do this, and you think, no, man, I don't want to do that. But there's an upside to obedience. Let me tell you in Deuteronomy 28, blessings for obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord. Blessings are coming up. Ready? One, your towns and fields will be blessed. Okay, let's just say... Let's talk about it in like today, your communities, yeah, the things that you're involved in, the people you're around. Um, secondly, your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Today's words would be your generations, your children's children, and your livestock, the thing you work hard for, that's going to be blessed. The third one, your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Today, it's a, like in today's context, what we offer and are able to give to others 
what we can be generous with will be blessed. Um, where you go and whatever you do will be blessed. So, in other words, what path you choose, business venture, a movement, an idea will be blessed. Yeah? It's pretty huge. God desires us to live a blessed life. We can have it all when we use our taringas, our ears that come from a relationship with Jesus. And like Wayne said, it is legit. It's not something that we talk about. It's not something we fake. It's legit. I'm not even joking. Okay. Those who have been together long enough will know that once you're in the same boat for a while with your, other, like with your better half, um, you soon discover their heart, their desires, and their dislikes. And the same goes for God. You sit in the boat with him for a while. You're going to know something about him, yeah? Cool. Third one. This is the last one. How am I going? Sweet ass. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Whoever wants, the first, wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. That is so gross to listen to. Like I'm just like, I don't want to be last all the time, listening to someone all the time. I want to be the boss, you know. But no, this, this verse is saying, if you want to be up here, you better learn how to be down here and get that ladder going all the way up. Let's go. And let's be honest, as parents, I don't know, can I get a witness right now, but the child who's more obedient and attentive to what you say, you like more. Come on, let's be honest. We like them more because they're listening. And um, it's something that is... <laughs> I'm paying the price now because, like, I was not that child. I had no taringas. I didn't want to listen. And mum was like, come on, I need you to do the dishes. And I'll get, di- I'll get distracted. A little bit like my daughter now. And um, unless I was passionate about something. But now as a mum, yeah, I'm paying my dues. And now I understand how much help my parents needed from me. You know, I mean, any parents, come on. Is anyone in here? So, anyway, that third one was see a need, fill a need. Anyone remember Robots, that movie? See a need, fill a need. That's exactly what it was like growing up because our parents favoured the one who liked to, you know, fill the need. See a need, fill a need. Okay, if you see a need, one, does it frustrate you? Like you want to really do something about it and change it? Two, does it spark a passion? If it does, fill it. Because there's something about that passion inside of you that needs to be worked out. Um, how? Okay, so this is, how, how do I do this? One, offering yourself to help without expecting anything in return. If we can lock that in, you'll put a seed of trust in the person who's leading you. Serve with a good heart and follow. Follow intently. And then once you've learned the ropes, think ahead and take initiative. So um, one thing that uh, Pastor Sam Monk said, and we went down, down to Auckland for a conference thing, and he said, your gifts say nothing about you, your character and your servanthood do. How we come in, how we um, bring ourselves to the table has got everything to do with who you are. And some of us think it's our gifts. That's who I am. You might have the meanest voice in the world, but if you're not showing up to practice and if you're not, you're not being there solidly you know, in the moment, 
then the character is going to show out more and you will not be rostered as much as you'd probably like. Yeah, just being real with you. Um, and since we are all family here, we have the opportunity to give back. This is, this is not just, you know, what some would say an organization. This is actually a family. This has always been a family. You come into the house, there's things that need to be done. And we need a family to get it done together. Yeah? So in closing, I'll just remind you of the three things. One, never say never. Don't let your past fears hold you back. Two, if you're not fast, you're last. Listen, because it's important. Three, see a need, fill a need. If there's a need you'd love to help with, get involved. I hope this blesses you in some way or another. I'm just going to call my sis up. You ready? You ready? Come on. Can you, can you just give a shout for Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yes, look at this. It's so good. God's brought everyone in here today with an absolute purpose, and I'm so excited. It just brought me to absolute tears when I saw my family walking in the door. All our extended family, I feel like. The support that everyone's showing towards their families today is just, it's amazing. And I know that God's love for families is just, this brings him so much joy because he is so for families and this is so good. So, um, okay, Father God, your word's not mine. Your will be done in this place. Not my will, Lord. Amen. Okay, so when I prayed about this message, I felt God say that he had created every single one of us with a plan and a purpose. Part of your purpose here on earth is your role that he's created you for. So I know that I was very carefully designed to be Reuben's wife, a raw tutu, um, the mother of my exact four children, the daughter of my parents, gorgeous parents over there, um, a sister at this Excite Church, um, and, and a daughter of the king. I know that sometimes as a mum, we can feel overwhelmed by our role. I'm sure as a father or the man of the house that it can um, feel like the responsibility of being the provider and stuff like that can be a really massive weight. Um, and I know that as a sibling, sometimes you can feel like they can seem to do things better and we can feel like we aren't really capable for the role we've been put in. But the truth is that you have been purposely created for that exact role. He planned you billions of years before the world even existed um, and he planned you in finer detail. In fact, you are the only person for that role. And with God's help, you are more than capable of fulfilling it. So his plans for us. Did you know that his plans for us are for absolute prosperity? So I love how God works when he sets up a message. None of us talk to each other about anything. But I've got the exact same verse as Harmony because God is just bringing it all together. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. These plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. It's cool. It's up on the board. Pretty flash. Um, so I feel like that's such a beautiful promise. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be happy, full of laughter. He wants our families to be close and tight. As humans, though, sometimes we like to think that we know better. We have our own plans for our lives, and so we decide to take it into our own hands. There's a story about Abraham in the Bible, and he was promised children, many children. 
But he looked at his wife and they sort of thought, but you're so old. How could you ever have children? She was really old. And so they decided to take it into their own hands and have a baby through the servant because they thought, well, that must be how we do it. But God doesn't work how our minds always understand. God is a God of miracles, so when he says something, he just does it. So they ended up having, going on to have their own child the, by the wife like God had intended, and she was super old and still had a baby anyway, which is really awesome. <laughs> but it is human's nature to want to take control. Like if we face a problem in our marriage, a lot of the time we try to fix it. Over the years, I have used nagging, which drives them mad, but I feel like doesn't actually cause anything to change. I've done begging. I've liked to recite lots of facts that I've looked off of Google to try and prove why I know everything. <laughs> and um, I've done the silent treatment. And sometimes I've lasted a couple of days. And for anyone that knows me will know that is so challenging to not be saying anything. If you're thinking it all, want to say it. Oh. Um, but I've also even done things like threatening to leave, just being so desperate for a change. But I can tell you that all of these things don't work. Well, maybe they will for a very short period of time, but it's not long before it'll just be broken again. But I can say that Reuben and my lives are a complete testament to God being the fixer and healer of all things. Anyone who knows us can see the change, and we can both be very quick to admit that it was all of God and none of us, none of anything that we did. Honestly, everything that we have handed to him and asked for, and asked for help with, he has been 100% faithful to fix and make more prosperous than we could have even ever tried to make it. If we put God at the center of our lives and of our families, that's when his purpose and his will for us can actually come to pass. It can actually happen. Matthew 7, 24 um, is a story about whether we choose to make God our rock and our foundation or ourselves or the world our rock and our foundation. And it says, the wise and foolish builders. So Jesus had been talking to them that day and he said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain comes up, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain comes, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Reuben and I have faced heaps of challenges. Some of them are so horrific and ugly, so much bigger than me. Oh, it's like, God is so good. Oh, I've been taken out of that place, but it's still sometimes yuck to think about. But praise God that he did it. The things have been so much bigger than me that out of sheer desperation that I've cried out to God not knowing what else to do, not, not knowing who else to turn to and ask for help. I'd find one of God's promises in the Bible and I'd declare it and believe it. My two faves were the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And be still and know that I am God. Twice he's telling us to be still and give it to him. And it's so good. 
purely by the grace of God, he's healed my home from some wicked addictions. He's healed us of depression, anxiety and fear, and anger. And in that place, he has brought peace and joy into our home, respect and genuine love between our marriage, countless financial blessings above anything that we could have ever dreamed of. It's almost laughable when you talk about the things he's done. And now, even when we hit a storm, we can stand on our solid foundation and be at peace knowing that God is so much bigger and mightier and that he's on our side. I love this verse. Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, the Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. Oh, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So good. It's also important to know who we're battling against. Our partner and our family are not our enemy. It's the addiction. It's the illness. It's the root of the anger or whatever's causing them to be doing this. We have to rise up together, united, and choose to ask God to battle for us. Okay. <laughs> Far no day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have to choose to rise up together, united, and ask God to battle for us. I've actually stood with Reuben, and instead of getting angry at him, like my emotions are telling me, getting me all aggro, I literally held his hand, and we declared out, well, I declared out for us both, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and that this is stopping right now. So again, by putting God at the center of our lives, that's where he can fix anything and heal everything. We can get back to living the life that God created us for and intended for us with all the prosperity. The only thing with God, though, is that he doesn't want hostages. So that's why he gave us free will. He is desperate for us, but we need to be the ones to turn to him. So the other thing that I'm realizing is that it is not actually our job to fix people. (laughs) This is humbling. (laughs) Um, So I know that it can be pretty easy at times for me to be pointing out the twig in someone's eye when I got a looking past the big log of mine. And um, I need to I need to seek what God wants me to do as a mother and as a wife. Hi. <laughs> um, isn't he beautiful? Um, so yeah, sometimes I feel like when I've been praying even about a situation, got a kid. Hi. Um, when I've been praying about a situation and I'm saying, Lord, fix them. This is all, you know, it's making me so angry and it's so wrong or whatever. The first thing God does is goes, hey girl, look at what you're doing. Turns me back to myself. And it's so humbling, but it's so good. So as a mother, I need to be teaching my babes that God's promises. Um, I need to teach them that God is totally on their side and that he loves them no matter what. End of. I need to pray for them. And I need to also deal to anything yuck in my own life that could then be passed on to them so that if we deal to it now, then they never have to fight these battles of the baggage that I'm going to leave for them. Proverbs 22 verse 6. I like the message version. It says, makes it simple, point your kids in the right direction. When they're older, they won't be lost. I just feel like as a parent, that's the most amazing promise. You're like, yes, they're, gonna, they're not going to be lost. It's good. So my role as a wife, I looked that up. Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as you do to the Lord. Now initially, ooh, that can be a hard pill to swallow, but 
If you actually read Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you see, when he said this, it wasn't so us women would be under the thumb. It's actually a recipe for a perfect and healthy relationship. So if a man is loving his wife like Jesus loved the church, then that's the ultimate love. It's a I'm willing to lay myself down for you kind of love. And do you think that any of us would have a problem submitting to that? I don't think so. In fact, I know that you will not only want to do it, but you will find joy out of it. It gives you a kick when you're like, yeah, I'm serving my man. It's like, whoo, makes you feel good that they feel good and then they're happy and yes, good, happy house. And there's also a beautiful bonus that our babies are growing up seeing what a healthy and good relationship is meant to be like. They're growing up knowing how I should be treated as a, as a wife or a husband, and also how I should be treating my wife or my husband. We're setting that example. But I also do know that if you, um, one of you isn't sticking to your side of the bargain, it, can't, it can be a little bit harder. So like, he didn't treat me with respect, so why should he have respect? Why should I treat him with respect? Well, this just causes a cycle of self and the more disrespectful things that he does, we in turn do them back. It keeps going round and round, and everyone just keeps getting more and more hurt until the only thing that can break it is for ours to, ourselves to get our eyes off of ourselves and off of our emotions and lift them up to the mountains. The only thing that can break that cycle is Jesus. He gives us enough grace to give them grace in any situation. He gives us enough love to keep on loving them. And he gives us patience and forgiveness so abundantly that we can always forgive in any situation. Our families are created to be blessed, happy, and prosperous. He doesn't want this to be hard for us. So if you have something that is holding your family back, or maybe something needing healing to get back to being the man or the woman that God has actually created you to be, then it's literally a matter of asking him, claiming his promises for you and your family. You can actually choose to do this today. You will be healed of anger, unforgiveness, addictions, illness, broken trust, fear, everything. And also, if you've been praying for a family member, maybe a cousin, a brother, a, a sister, a parent, a child, please know that your prayers have been heard and that God is a faithful God. I just wanted to finish up with a verse about love. God is love, and it's a different and true, genuine kind of love that doesn't have conditions like the world's kind of taught us. Our family have found this a great guide on how to truly love. We're still working on it. I think we're all going to be like that, and that's okay. But I feel like it's got great guides. So it's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, and it says that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always preserves. Love never fails. 
I just hope that everyone can just be poured out with God's love today and hope, hope that this is His promise for every single one of us. Have an amazing, blessed week, everyone.